4. Quiris Cross. S. Jacopotra Fossi Florence. Panel Pictures Florence Acad. Giovanni D.A. Milano. Bewailing of Christ Florence Acad. Virgin Enthroned Prado Gal Altarpiece Uffizi Gal Frescos S. Cross Florence. Antonio Veneziano. Frescos in Ceiling of Spanish Chapel. S.M. Novella. Campo Santo Pisa, Orcagna. Altarpiece Last Judgment and Paradise Strozzi Chapel S.M. Novella. S. Zenobio Duomo. Saints Medici Chapel S. Crows. Descent of Holy Spirit Badia Florence. Altarpiece Map. Downlandot, Spinello Artno. Life of Saint Benedict Asmeniato Almonte near Florence. Annunciation Convent di Lino Rezzo. Frescos Campo Santo Pisa. Coronation Florence Acad. Barbarossa Frescos Palazzo Publico Siena. Andrea D.A. Firenze. Church Militant. Calvary. Crucifixion Spanish Chapel. Upper Series of Life of S. Rainiera Campo Santo Pisa. Esaian Anies Guido D.A. Siena. Madonna S. Domenico Siena. Ducho. Panels Duomo and Acad. Siena. Madonna Nat. Downlandot. Simon Di Martino. Frescos Palazzo Publico. Siena. Altarpiece and Panel Seminario Vescovile. Pisa Gal Altarpiece and Madonna Opera del Duomo Orbito, Lippo Memi. Frescos Palazzo del Podesto Asgamagnano. Annunciation Uffizi Florence, Bartolo di Freddi. Altarpieces Acad. Siena. S. Francesco Monosino, Tadio di Bartolo. Palazzo Publico Siena. Duomo. Esgamagnano. S. Francesco Pisa, Ambrogio Lorenzetti. Frescos Palazzo Publico Siena. Triumph of Death with Pietro Lorenzetti Campo Santo Pisa. St. Francis Frescos Lower Church Assisi. S. Francesco and S. Agostino Siena. Annunciation Siena Acad. Presentation Florence Acad. Pietro Lorenzetti. Virgin S. Ansano. Altarpieces Duomo Siena. Parish Church of Arezzo worked with his brother Ambrogio. Transition Painters, Starnina. Frescos Duomo Prado completed by pupil, Gentile D.A. Fabriano. Adoration Florence Acad. Coronation Brera Milan. Madonna Duomo Orvieto, Fra Angelico. Coronation and many small panels Uffizi. Many pieces Life of Christ Florence Acad. Other pieces S. Marco Florence. Last Judgment Duomo. Orvieto. Chapter VI. Italian Painting. Early Renaissance. 1400-1500. Books recommended, as before. Burkhardt. Crow and Cattle Gazelle. Eastlake. Lothanester. Lanzi. Habic. Lacroix. Mance. Morelli. Burton. Rumor. Stillman. Vasari, also Crow and Cattle Gazelle. History of Painting in North Italy, Berenson. Florentine Painters of Renaissance, Berenson. Venetian Painters of Renaissance, Berenson. Central Italian Painters of Renaissance, Study and Criticism of Italian Art, Boschini. Locarda del Mavger, Calvi. Memoria della Vita ed Opere di Francesco Rebolini, Sibo. Nicolo Alano e la Squalor Umbra, Citadella. Notizzi Relative of Ferrara, Crutwell. Veracchio, Crutwell. Pollaiolo, Morelli. Anonimo. Notizzi, Mezzanot. Commentario della Vita di Pietro Venuxi, Mundler. Siden Analyse Critique de la Notice de Stablos Italiens Olumver, Mons. Els Precursores de la Renaissance, Mons. La Renaissance en Italie et en France, Patch. Life of Masaccio, Hill. Pisanello. Publications of the Arundel Society, Richter. Italian Art and National Gallery. London, Ridolfi. Omeravigli dell'Orti, Rosini. Storia della Pedra Italiana, Schnoz. Jeskic de Dierbild and Kunst, Simmons. Renaissance in Italy The Fine Arts, Visker. 
Lucas Signora Lion d'Italianischi Renaissance, Way Agent. Art Treasures, Way Agent. Andrea Mantegna and Lucas Signora Lion Raumers Tascanduc. 1850, Zanetti. Della Pedra Veneziana. The Italian mind, there is no way of explaining the Italian fondness for form and color other than by considering the necessities of the people and the artistic character of the Italian mind. Art in all its phases was not only an adornment but a necessity of Christian civilization. The church taught people by sculpture, mosaic, miniature, and fresco. It was an object teaching, a grasping of ideas by forms seen in the mind, not a presenting of abstract ideas as in literature. Printing was not known. There were few manuscripts, and the majority of people could not read. Ideas came to them for centuries through form and color, until at last the Italian mind took on a plastic and pictorial character. It saw things in symbolic figures, and when the Renaissance came and art took the lead as one of its strongest expressions, painting was but the color thought and form language of the people, and these people, by reason of their peculiar education, were an exacting people, knowing what was good and demanding it from the artists. Every Italian was, in a way, an art critic, because every church in Italy was an art school. The artists may have led the people, but the people spurred on the artists, and so the Italian mind went on developing and enfolding until at last it produced the great art of the Renaissance. The awakening, the Italian civilization of the 14th century was made up of many impulses and inclinations, none of them very strongly defined. There was a feeling about in the dark, a groping toward the light but the leaders stumbled often on the road, there was good reason for it, the knowledge of the ancient world lay buried under the ruins of Rome, the Italians had to learn it all over again, almost without a precedent, almost without a preceptor, with the 15th century the horizon began to brighten, the early renaissance was begun, it was not a revolt, a reaction, or a starting out on a new path, it was a development of the Gothic period, and the three inclinations of the Gothic period religion, the desire for classic knowledge, and the study of nature were carried into the art of the time with greater realization. The inference must not be made that because nature and the antique came to be studied in early Renaissance times that therefore religion was neglected. It was not. It still held strong. And though with the Renaissance there came about a strange mingling of crime and corruption, aestheticism and immorality, yet the church was never abandoned for an hour. When enlightenment came, people began to doubt the spiritual power of the papacy, they did not cringe to it so servilely as before, religion was not violently embraced as in the middle ages, but there was no revolt, the church held the power and was still the patron of art, the painter's subjects extended over nature, the antique, the fable, allegory, history, portraiture, but the religious subject was not neglected, fully three quarters of all the 15th century painting was done for the church, at her command, and for her purposes, but art was not so wholly pietistic as in the Gothic age, the study of nature and the antique materialized painting somewhat, the outside world drew the painter's eyes, and the beauty of the religious subject and its sentiment were somewhat slurred for the beauty of natural appearances, there was some loss of religious power, but religion had much to lose, in the 15th century it was still dominant, knowledge of the antique and nature, the revival of antique learning came about in real earnest during this period. The scholars set themselves the task of restoring the polite learning of ancient Greece, studying coins and marbles, collecting manuscripts, founding libraries and schools of philosophy. The wealthy nobles, Palestrazi, the Albizzi, the Medici, and the Dukes of Urbino, encouraged it. 
1440 the Greek was taught in five cities. Immediately afterward, with Constantinople falling into the hands of the Turks, came an influx of Greek scholars into Italy. Then followed the invention of printing and the age of discovery on land and sea. Not the antique alone but the natural were being pried into by the spirit of inquiry, botany, geology, astronomy, chemistry, medicine, anatomy, law, literature nothing seemed to escape the keen eye of the time. Knowledge was being accumulated from every source, and the arts were all reflecting it. The influence of the newly discovered classic marbles upon painting was not so great as is usually supposed. The painters studied them, but did not imitate them. Occasionally in such men as Botticelli and Mantegna we see a following of sculpturesque example a taking of details and even of whole figures but the general effect of the antique marbles was to impress the painters with the idea that nature was at the bottom of it all. They turned to the earth not only to study form and feature, but to learn perspective, light, shadow, color in short, the technical features of art. True, religion was the chief subject, but nature and the antique were used to give it setting. All the 15th century painting shows nature study, force, character, sincerity, but it does not show elegance, grace, or the full complement of color. The early Renaissance was the promise of great things, the high Renaissance was the fulfillment. Florentine school, the Florentines were draftsmen more than colorists. The chief medium was fresco on the walls of buildings, and architectural necessities often dictated the form of compositions. Distemper in easel pictures was likewise used and oil painting, though known, was not extensively employed until the last quarter of the century. In technical knowledge and intellectual grasp Florence was at this time the leader and drew to her many artists from neighboring schools. Masaccio 1401-1428, was the first great nature student of the early Renaissance, though his master, Masolino 1483-1447, had given proof positive of severe nature study in bits of modeling, in drapery, and in portrait heads, Masaccio, however, seems the first to have gone into it thoroughly and to have grasped nature as a whole, his masterial form, his plastic composition, his free, broad folds of drapery, and his knowledge of light and perspective, all placed him in the front rank of 15th century painters, though an exact student he was not a literalist, he had a large artistic sense, a breadth of view and a comprehension of nature as a mass that Michelangelo and Raphael did not disdain to follow. He was not a pietist, and there was no great religious feeling in his work. Dignified truthful appearance was his creed, and in this he was possibly influenced by Donatello the sculptor. He came early in the century and died early, but his contemporaries did not continue the advance from where he carried it. There was wavering all along the line. Some from lack of genius could not equal him. Others took up nature with indecision, and others clung fondly to the gold embossed ornaments and gilded halos of the past. Paolo Uccello 1497-1475, Andrea Castigno 1490-1457, Binazzo Gazzoli 1420-1497, Baldovinetti 1427-1499, Antonio del Palagiolo 1426-1498. Cosimo Rosselli 1439-1507, can hardly be looked upon as improvements upon the young leader. The first real successor of Masaccio was his contemporary, and possibly his pupil, the monk Fra Filippo Lippi 1406-1469. He was a master of color and light and shade for his time, though in composition and command of line he did not reach up to Masaccio, 
He was among the first of the painters to take the individual faces of those about him as models for his sacred characters, and clothe them in contemporary costume. Piety is not very pronounced in any of his works, though he is not without imagination and feeling, and there is in his women a charm of sweetness. His tendency was to materialize the sacred characters, with Filipino 1457-1504, Botticelli 1446-1510, and Ghirlandaglio 1449-1494 we find a degree of imagination, culture, and independence not surpassed by any of the early Florentines. Filipino modeled his art upon that of his father, Fra Filippo, and was influenced by Botticelli. He was the weakest of the trio, without being by any means a weak man. On the contrary, he was an artist of fine ability, much charm and tenderness, and considerable style, but not a great deal of original force, though occasionally doing forceful things. Purity in his type and graceful sentiment in pose and feature seem more characteristic of his work. Botticelli, even was not so remarkable for his strength as for his culture, and an individual way of looking at things. He was a pupil of Fra Filippo, a man imbued with the religious feeling of Dante and Savonarola, a learned student of the antique and one of the first to take subjects from it, a severe nature student, and a painter of much technical skill, religion, classicism, and nature all met in his work, but the mingling was not perfect. Religious feeling and melancholy warped it. His willowy figures, delicate and refined in drawing, are more passionate than powerful, more individual than comprehensive, but they are nevertheless very attractive in their tenderness and grace, without being so original or so attractive an artist as Botticelli, his contemporary, Ghirlandaglio, was a stronger one, his strength came more from assimilation than from invention, he combined in his work all the art learning of his time, he drew well, handled drapery simply and beautifully, was a good composer, and, for Florence, a good colorist, in addition, his temperament was robust, his style dignified, even grand, and his execution wonderfully free, he was the most important of the 15th century technicians, without having any peculiar distinction or originality, and in spite of being rather prosaic at times, Verrocchio 1435-1488 was more of a sculptor than a painter, but in his studio were three celebrated pupils Perugino, Leonardo di Avensi and Lorenzo di Credi who were halfway between the early and the high renaissance. Only one of them, Leonardo, can be classed among the high renaissance men. Perugino belongs to the Umbrian school, and Lorenzo di Credi 1450-1537, though Florentine, never outgrew the 15th century. He was a pure painter, with much feeling, but weak at times. His drawing was good, but his painting lacked force, and he was too pallid in flesh color. There is much detail, study, and considerable grace about his work, but little of strength. Piero di Cosimo 1462-1521 was fond of mythological and classical studies, was somewhat fantastic in composition, pleasant in color, and rather distinguished in landscape backgrounds. His work strikes one as eccentric, and eccentricity was the strong characteristic of the man. UNBRIAN and PRUGIAN schools, at the beginning of the 15th century the old CNE school founded by Duccio and the Lorenzati was in a state of decline, it had been remarkable for intense sentiment, and just what effect the sentiment of the old CNE school had upon the painters of the neighboring Umbrian school of the early 15th century is a matter of speculation with historians, it must have had some, though the early painters, like Ottaviano Nelli, do not show it. 
that which afterward became known as the Umbrian sentiment probably first appeared in the work of Niccolo di Foligno 1430-1502, who was probably a pupil of Dinazzo Gazzoli, who was, in turn, a pupil of Fra Angelico, that would indicate Florentine influence, but there were many influences at work in the Super Valley country. Sentiment had been prevalent enough all through central Italian painting during the Gothic age more so at Siena than elsewhere. With the Renaissance Florence rather forsook sentiment for precision of forms and equilibrium of groups, but the Umbrian towns being more provincial, held fast to their sentiment, their detail, and their gold ornamentation. Their influence upon Florence was slight, but the influence of Florence upon them was considerable. The larger city drew the provincial sits way to learn the new methods. The result was a group of Umbro-Florentine painters, combining some upcountry sentiment with Florentine technic. Gentile D.A. Fabriano, Niccolo D.A. Foligno, Bonfilio 1425-1496, and Fiorenzo di Lorenzo 1444-1520 were of this mixed character. The most positive in methods among the early men was Piero della Francesca 1420-1492, Umbrian born, but Florentine trained. He became more scientific than sentimental, and excelled as a craftsman. He knew drawing, perspective, atmosphere, light and shade in a way that rather foreshadowed Leonardo side. From working in the Umbrian country his influence upon his fellow Umbrians was large. It showed directly in Signora Life 1441-1523, whose master he was, and whose style he probably formed. Signora Life was Umbrian born, like Piero but there was not much of the Umbrian sentiment about him. He was a draftsman and threw his strength in line, producing athletic, square-shouldered figures in violent action, with complicated foreshortenings quite astonishing. The most daring man of his time, he was a master in anatomy, composition, motion. There was nothing select about his type, and nothing charming about his painting. His color was hot and coarse, his lights lurid, his shadows brick red. He was, however, a master draftsman, and a man of large conceptions and great strength. Milazzo di A. Forli 1438-1494, of whom little is known, was another pupil of Piero, and Giovanni Santi 1435-1494, the father of Raphael, was probably influenced by both of these last named. The true descent of the Umbrian sentiment was through Foligno and Bonfilio to Perugino 1446-1524. Signorelli and Perugino seem opposed to each other in their art. The first was the foreigner of Michelangelo, the second was the master of Raphael, and the difference between Michelangelo and Raphael was, in a less varied degree, the difference between Signorelli and Perugino. The one showed Florentine line, the other Umbrian sentiment and color. It is in Perugino that we find the old religious feeling, fervor, tenderness, and devotion, with soft eyes, delicate features and pathetic looks characterized his art. The figure was slight, graceful, and in pose sentimentally inclined to one side. The head was almost affectedly placed on the shoulders, and the round olive face was full of wistful tenderness. This Perugino type, used in all his paintings, is well described by Taine as a body belonging to the Renaissance containing a soul that belonged to the Middle Ages. The sentiment was more purely human, however, than in such a painter. For instance, as Fra Angelico, religion still held with Perugino and the Umbrians, but even with them it was becoming materialized by the beauty of the world about them. As a technician Perugino was excellent. There was no dramatic fire and fury about him. The composition was simple, 
with graceful figures in repose, the coloring was rich, and there were many brilliant effects obtained by the use of oils. He was among the first of his school to use that medium. His friend and fellow worker, Pantericchio 1454-1513, did not use oils, but was a superior man in fresco. In type and sentiment he was rather like Perugino, in composition a little extravagant and huddled, in landscape backgrounds quite original and inventive. He never was a serious rival of Perugino, though a more varied and interesting painter. Perugino's best pupil, after Raphael, was Lo Spugna, 1530, who followed his master's style until the High Renaissance, when he became a follower of Raphael. Schools of Ferrara and Bologna, the painters of Ferrara, in the 15th century, seemed to have relied upon Padua for their teaching. The best of the early men was Cosimo Tura 1430-1495, who showed the Paduan influence of Squarcioni in anatomical insistences, coarse joints, infinite detail, and fantastic ornamentation. He was probably the founder of the school in which Francesco Casa fluid 1435-1480, a naive and strong, if somewhat morbid painter, Ricoldi Giulio Grandi fluid 1465-1535 and Lorenzo Costa 1460-1535 were the principal masters. Casa and Grandi, it seems, afterward removed to Bologna, and it was probably their move that induced Lorenzo Costa to follow them. In that way the Ferrari school became somewhat complicated with the Bologna school, and is confused in its history to this day. Costa was not unlikely the real founder, or, at the least, the strongest influencer of the Bologna school. He was a painter of a rugged, manly type, afterward tempered by southern influences to softness and sentiment. This was the result of Paduan methods meeting at Bologna with Umbrian sentiment. The Perugino type and influence had found its way to Bologna, and showed in the work of Francia 1450-1518. A contemporary and fellow worker with Costa, though trained as a goldsmith, and learning painting in a different school, Francia, as regards his sentiment belongs in the same category with Perugino. Even his subjects, types, and treatment were, at times, more Umbrian than Bolognese. He was not so profound in feeling as Perugino, but at times he appeared loftier in conception. His color was usually rich, his drawing a little sharp at first, as showing the goldsmith's hand, the surfaces smooth, the detail elaborate. Later on, his work had a Raphaelesque tinge, showing perhaps the influence of that rising master. It is probable that Francia at first was influenced by Costa's methods, and it is quite certain that he in turn influenced Costa in the matter of refined drawing and sentiment. Though Costa always adhered to a certain detail and ornament coming from the north, and a landscape background that is peculiar to himself, and yet reminds one of Pantericchio's landscapes, these two men, Francia and Costa, were the Perugino and Pantericchio of the Ferrara Bologna school, and the most important painters in that school, the Lombard school, the designation of the Lombard school is rather a vague one in the history of painting, and is used by historians to cover a number of isolated schools or men in the Lombardy region, in the 15th century these schools counted for little either in men or in works, the principal activity was about Milan, which drew painters from Brescia, Vincenza, and elsewhere to form what is known as the Milanese school, Vincenzo Foppa Fluid 1455-1492, of Brescia, and afterward at Milan, was probably the founder of this Milanese school, his painting is of rather a harsh, exacting nature, and points to the influence of Padua, at which place he perhaps got his early art training, 
Borgonon 1450-1523 is set down as his pupil, a painter of much sentiment and spiritual feeling. The school was afterward greatly influenced by the example of Leonardo di Avanzi, as will be shown further on. Principal works, Florentines Masaccio. Frescoes in Princeti Chapel Carmen Florence The series completed by Filippino, Masalino. Frescoes Church and Baptistry Castiglione di Oloma, Paolo Uxello. Frescoes SM Novella. Equestrian Portrait Duomo Florence. Battle Pieces in Louvre and Nat. Downlandot, Andrea Castigno. Heroes and Sibyls Uffizi. Altarpiece Acad. Florence. Equestrian Portrait Duomo Florence, Binazzo Gazzoli. Francesco Montefalco. Magi Riccardi Palace Florence. Frescoes Campo Santo Pisa, Baldo Vinetti. Portico of the Annunziata Florence. Altarpieces Uffizi, Antonio Palagiolo. Hercules Uffizi. Saint Sebastian Pitti and Nat. Downlandot, Cosimo Rosselli. Frescoes S. Ambrogio Florence. Sistine Chapel Rome. Madonna Uffizi, Fra Filippo. Frescoes Cathedral Prado. Altarpieces Florence Acad. Uffizi. Pitti and Berlin Gals. Nat. Downlandot, Filippino. Frescoes Carmen Florence. Carafa Chapel Minerva Rome. S.M. Novella and Acad. Florence. S. Domenico Bologna. Easel Pictures in Pitti. Uffizi, Nat, Downland, Berlin Muse, Old Pinacothek Munich, Botticelli, Frescoes Sistine Chapel Rome, Spring and Coronation Florence Acad, Venus, Calumny, Madonna's Uffizi, Pity, Nat, Downland, Louvre, etc., Ghirlandaio, Frescoes Sistine Chapel Rome, Estrinita Florence, SM Novella, Palazzo Vecchio, Altarpieces Uffizi and Acad, Florence, Visitation Louvre, Vericchio, Baptism of Christ Acad, Florence, Lorenzo di Credi, Nativity Acad, Florence, Madonna's Louvre and Nat, Downland, Holy Family Borghese Galrone, Piero di Cosimo, Perseus and Andromeda Uffizi, Procris Nat, Downland, Venus and Mars Berlin Galuandiara and Zotavian Onelli, Altarpiece SM Nuovo Gubbia, St. Augustine Legends S. Agostino Gubbia, Niccolo di Foligno. Altarpieces Niccolo Foligno, Bonfile. Frescoes Palazzo Comunale. Altarpieces Acad. Perugia, Fiorenzo di Lorenzo. Many pictures Acad. Perugia, Madonna Berlin Gal, Piero della Francesca. Frescoes Comunite and Hospital Borgo San Sepolcro. San Francesco Arezzo. Chapel of the Relics Rimini. Portraits Uffizi. Pictures Nat. Downlandot, Signorelli. Frescoes Cathedral Orvieto. Sistine Rome, Palazzo Petrucci Siena, Altarpieces Arezzo, Cortona, Perugia, Pictures Pitti, Uffizi, Berlin, Louvre, Nat, Downlandot, Milazzo di A. Forli, Angel Street Peters Rome, Frescoes Vatican, Pictures Berlin and Nat, Downlandot, Giovanni Santi, Annunciation Milan, Pieta Urbino, Madonna's Berlin, Nat, Downland, S. Crosfano, Perugino, Frescoes Sistine Rome, Crucifixion SM Madalena Florence, Sala del Cambio Perugia, Altarpieces Pini, Fano, Cremona, Many Pictures in European Galleries, Pentricchio, Frescoes SM del Popolo, Apartamento Borgo Vatican, Bufalini Chapel Araceli Rome, Duomo Library Siena, Altarpieces Perugia and Siena Acads, Pini, Louvre, Los Pugna, Madonna Lower Church Assisi, Frescoes at Spoleto, Turin, Perugia, Assisi, Ithiara Rarius and Biologia Nisi Cosimo Tura, 
Altarpieces Berlin Muse, Bergamo, Museo Corvenus, Map, Download. Francesco Casa, Altarpieces As Patronio and Acad, Bologna, Dresden Now, Grandi, St. George Corsini Pell, Rome, Several Canvases Constabili Collection Ferrara, Lorenzo Costa, Frescos As Giacomo Magier, Altarpieces As Patronio, S. Giovanni in Monte and Acad, Bologna, Also Louvre, Berlin, and Nat. Downlandot, Francia, Altarpieces As Giacomo Magier, S. Martino Magier, and many altarpieces in Akkad, Bologna, Annunciation Brera Milan, Rose Garden Munich, Pietonat, Downlon, Scapi Portrait Uffizi, Baptism Dresden, Lombard Stapa, altarpieces as Maria di Castello Savona, Baromio Call, Milan, Carmen Brescia, Panels Brera Milan, Borgona and altarpieces Sertosa of Pavia, Church of Malagnano, S. Ambrogio, Ambrosian Lib, Brera Milan, Nat. Downlon, Chapter VII, Italian Painting, Early Renaissance 1400-1500 Continued, Books Recommended, Those on Italian Art Before Mentioned, Also Consult the General Bibliography Page XV, PADUA in School, It was at Padua in the North that the influence of the classic marbles made itself strongly apparent, Umbria remained true to the religious sentiment, Florence engaged itself largely with nature study and technical problems introducing here and there draperies and poses that showed knowledge of ancient sculpture, but at Padua much of the classic in drapery, figures, and architecture seems to have been taken directly from the rediscovered antique or the modern bronze. The early men of the school were hardly great enough to call for mention. During the 14th century there was some Giotto influence felt that painter having been at Padua working in the arena chapel. Later on there was a slight influence from Gentile D.A. Fabriano and his fellow worker Vitter Pisano, of Verona, but these influences seem to have died out and the real direction of the school in the early 15th century was given by Francesco Squarcioni 1494-1474. He was an enlightened man, a student, a collector and an admirer of ancient sculpture, and though no great painter himself he taught an anatomical statuesque art, based on ancient marbles and nature. Too many pupils, Squarcioni's work has perished, but his teaching was reflected in the work of his great pupil Andrea Mantegna 1431-1506, yet Mantegna never received the full complement of his knowledge from Squarcioni, he was of an observing nature and probably studied Paolo Uxello and Fra Filippo, some of whose works were then in Paduan edifices, he gained color knowledge from the Venetian Bellinis, who lived at Padua at one time and who were connected with Mantegna by marriage but the sculpturesque side of his art came from Squarcioni, from a study of the antique, and from a deeper study of Donatello, whose bronzes to this day are to be seen within and without the Paduan Duomo of S. Antonio. The sculpturesque is characteristic of Mantegna's work. His people are hard, rigid at times, immovable human beings, not so much turned to stone as turned to bronze the bronze of Donatello. There is little sense of motion about them. The figure is sharp and harsh. The drapery evidently studied from sculpture, is, liney, and the archaeology is often more scientific than artistic. Mantegna was not, however, entirely devoted to the sculpturesque. He was one of the severest nature students of the early Renaissance, knew about nature, and carried it out in more exacting detail than was perhaps well for his art. In addition he was a master of light and shade, understood composition, space, color, atmosphere and was as scientific in perspective as Piero della Francesca, 
There is stiffness in his figures but nevertheless great truth and character. The forms are noble, even grand, and for invention and imagination they were never, in his time, carried further or higher. He was little of a sentimentalist or an emotionalist, not much of a brush man or a colorist, but as a draftsman, a creator of noble forms, a man of power, he stood second to none in the century. Of Squarcioni's other pupils Pizzolo Fluid 1470 was the most promising, but died early. Marco Zoppo 1440-1498 seems to have followed the Paduan formula of hardness, dryness, and exacting detail. He was possibly influenced by Cosimo Tura, and in turn influenced somewhat the Ferrara Bologna school. Mantegna, however, was the greatest of the school, and his influence was far-reaching. It affected the school of Venice in matters of drawing, beside influencing the Lombard and Verona schools in their beginnings. Schools of Verona and Vicenza, artistically Verona belonged with the Venetian provinces, because it was largely an echo of Venice except at the very start. Vitter Pisano 1480-1456, called Pisanello, was the earliest painter of note, but he was not distinctly Veronese in his art. He was medallist and painter both. Worked with Gentile D.A. Fabriano in the Ducal Palace at Venice and elsewhere, and his art seems to have an affinity with that of his companion. Liberal D.A. Verona 1451-1536, was at first a miniaturist, but afterward developed a larger style based on a following of Mantegna's work, with some Venetian influences showing in the coloring and backgrounds. Francesco Bonsignori 14, 